Welcome back to another awesome day here in Payne County, America. I'm joined with my co-host here, Father Brian O'Brien. Father Brian O'Brien? Not quite, actually. Whoa, whoa. What happened to you? Your voice changed. Who who are you? Introduce yourself to the good people of God. Father Carey's um, intern. <laughs> Resident sidekick. <laughs> yes. Uh, Clay Furley, um, recent graduate from Oklahoma State. Yeah. Now interning at uh, St. John Student Center. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so. welcome to your uh, your first ever installment <laughs> yes. of a podcast. Yes. Uh, you mine. listen to a lot of other podcasts. I'm, I'm not sure if you listen to ours, but I mean, we are Emmy winning, <laughs> they say. Other people say. Hopeful. Uh, uh, hopeful? <laughs> hopeful well. Emmy winning. Wow. Emmy okay. season's around the corner. Though. Oh, okay. Well, good. For, may, for may, podcasts, anyway. Oh, is it really? Is there really an Emmy for podcasts? Well, for at least for sportscasts. Like Dan Patrick show? Like Dan Patrick show. They talk about it a lot. Oh, really? Because they, Dan Patrick wants an Emmy real, real bad? Yes. <laughs> wow. He's going he's gonna to yeah. need some prayers. Yeah. So we'll, we'll add him to the prayer list. Well, welcome back uh, to uh, PDFM and Spotify, however you listen to us around the world or in other universes slash galaxies. This is the Pastors of Pain show on PDFM. And so, so as we're uh, Father O'Brien's uh, not here today, um, I think uh, I think he got maybe he got raptured. I'm not sure what happened. Untrue. <laughs> untrue. Whoa. Not are you? True. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that rapture theology is untrue, or that he got taken up to heaven is untrue? Both. Both. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That was a uh, well done. Well done. Yeah. So uh, we're um, with Father O'Brien here. I, I'm not really sure what what we should do. Maybe we should sit around and drink coffee for uh, for 28 and a half minutes. Yeah. Just just slurp it like into the radio. <laughs> just slurp it into. Yeah. We probably shouldn't do that. We probably should actually talk about something. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm not allowed to be. Um, I'm not allowed to be on the podcast unsupervised, so luckily Jay is Am here Am I the too. first guest without a master's in theology? You, except for the girl-focused missionaries, oh, but they okay. were supervised yeah. by uh, by several priests. <laughs> okay. There was there were several priests here making sure that they were not saying erroneous things. Well, great. Yeah. So well, welcome, well, welcome back uh, for you all who are listening uh, all over the world, and especially here in the great, great, awesome, beautiful Red Dirt Riviera, known as Payne County. Uh, so well, this is what we're going to do. We've been talking the last couple of weeks of like uh, students coming back to school, like how to get your life and your prayer life in order. You know, uh, I don't want to spook you all, but Lent is just around the corner. It's just, it's almost a month away. So what we're, we're going to talk about today is how to get uh, a life of prayer reordered, to get your faith, not only your faith life on track, because I, I'm not sure, like, just, like, being a practicing Catholic. I always thought the word practicing was kind of kind of dumb. It was like, you know, uh, I'm not ready for the big game yet, so I'm just, I'm just practicing over here on the side. I'm a practicing Catholic. I want you to be in the game. And, you know, Father O'Brien wants you to be in the game. And Clay Furley over here, a sports nut. I mean, you... Yeah. Well, how how enjoyable is it sitting on the sidelines watching a game? It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you talk to athletes and like whether sitting on the bench or being injured, like it's the worst feeling in the world. 
Right, right. Yeah. I, but you would think if, like, if you're in an NFL or a basketball team and you're getting paid, like, oh, half a million dollars a year, you're like, I'm all right just sitting here. <laughs> but does anybody ever say that? No, no one, no one thinks like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, theoretically, you know, like, just being a career backup quarterback sounds nice, <laughs> but just being idle all the time isn't, isn't really just standing the there. ideal. You know, all those guys are competitors and want to be in the game. Okay, so we, yeah. uh, we as the pastors of Payne and Clay Furley, want you to be in the game, uh, to deepen your f- friendship with Jesus, mm-hmm. his Father, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and, and, even, and even the church. Uh, how, and so I, we thought, okay, what, what's some of those ways we can do that? What's some of the ways you all can do that right now? And, and we're always like going back to, going back to the Scripture, spending time with the Word of God. And... and you know, oftentimes, Clay, you may not know this because you're, what, 23? 20. <laughs> you're 23. Yes. I, have a, I have a friend. I didn't realize you were 23. I have a friend. His son's in the Army. We're almost the same age, and he's 23. Ouch. Could be my dad. Don't say that. <laughs> I call you father anyway. Yeah, you do. Don't make me feel like an old, old man. I already got this. I already have to style my hair gray to make people think I'm older. But one of the things, one of the things you'll hear from, uh, especially past generations of Catholics, are we don't read the scriptures. We have the scriptures at mass. We hear the word of God. Uh, at mass, both daily and on Sunday, and um, and the Vatican Council, um, n- the new reading cycle, I mean, just incredible amounts of beautiful, beautiful, like like the Gospel of Matthew during the ordinary time this year of hearing the Gospel of Matthew throughout the season. But also, there's something important. Uh, there's this document from the Second Vatican Council. You weren't alive, and I wasn't either. And I think uh, most people hear of Vatican II. Yeah, and we certainly feel the ripple effects of it. Yeah. You know? Even like when I was growing up and like the changing of translations, um, I got to experience, you know, some things, uh, some changes made by v- Vatican II. And with your spirit, yeah. Clay. <laughs> Stuff like that. You got to yeah. see those 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 changes made in the in the in the liturgy and in different ways. Uh one of them was this uh, document on the Constitution of Divine Revelation. And mo- most people look, like hear that and they're like, uh, uh, the Constitution on Divine Revelation? Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty intense title. I mean, the, the church is not like, hey, here's a title called Enjoy Your Day. Ten ways to read the Bible. <laughs> Ten ways to read the Bible. No, no, no. Enjoy your day on a sunny, cool afternoon with the coffee and the Word of God. They don't call it that. No. They call it Day Verbum, the Word of God. Verbum, Word, Day, um, God. And, and so we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dive into this because it's important, especially in, in the college ministry, because we have, I don't know, 180, 200 students in Bible studies right now. Mm-hmm. Small faith groups. People, sh- like, not not only just reading the scriptures, but living in these little small groups. And, and so Dei Verbum is, is really important. And since this is what the council says, right at the very beginning, number uno, numero one of Dei Verbum, it says, this present council wishes to set forth 
authentic doctrine on divine revelation and how it is handed on so that by hearing the message of salvation, the whole world may believe. By believing it may, may hope and by hoping it may love. Well, that's the reason why the church wants to get the scriptures out into people's hands to, to, uh, so that they can hear it. So they can understand the word of God. They can read it. Yeah, yeah, at Mass and in also in other places. Uh, what, uh, have you, uh, do you read, like, have you read the scriptures, like front to back or just side to side? No, not not exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, I, once, one time, when I was confirmed, actually, in high school, uh, probably from a spurring of the Holy Spirit, I felt a desire to read the Bible. So I <laughs> yeah? opened it up. Genesis one one. Oh no, you didn't. You didn't do like you didn't like just crack it open, and let it fall into place, oh. and like put your finger on it and start reading there. No, <laughs> uh, you not, start, not exactly. You started it where? At the very first page, and in the beginning. In the beginning, and I tried to read it like a novel, <laughs> and I didn't get very far. How far do you think you got? Probably like ten chapters in. Ten to chapters in. To Genesis. To like just past Noah and the flood. Yeah. You know. And why'd you think it why was it so difficult if if the church is saying, hey, we want to get this out to the whole world. We want to get the message of salvation going really mm-hmm. far. Why was it so, why do you think it was so difficult to get into? I mean, there's this mindset. Like uh Genesis isn't a novel necessarily and like the bible isn't a novel it's more like a, a library and so you have to have different mindsets when reading different books and i didn't know that and no one was there to teach me that <laughs> i mean i guess i could have looked it up but i wouldn't know where to look how old were you i was uh 16 is this in spain when your this dad in was spain, in the air yeah, force <laughs> yeah i was in spain and um yeah and so i just tried to read it and i didn't get very far and <laughs> And, uh, you know, do you think most people have the same problem? Like the word of God is supposed to go out to the world and you start off and you're like, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Have you heard other people say the same thing? Yeah, there's, I'm sure it's a very common case. Um, uh, or just like flipping it up or maybe they get stronger will than I do and get to like Leviticus and then and then they, t- and then, and then it <laughs> they, ends. Yeah. they get to Leviticus. Yeah. Uh, the spacing between the gold rings and the curtain around the sacrifice shall be three cubits. <laughs> the only other thing I tried to do was like start from the back because <laughs> I started reading Le- Revelation because I was a as a kid, I thought I was cool <laughs> the, the read about the end of the world. <laughs> so you started the, at, at Revelation, you got to like 24 and there's a marriage. You're yeah. like, this is boring. It's like, I don't know what's happening. There's like <laughs> seven-headed goats or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Eyeballs coming out of horns. Yeah. Okay, so that didn't work either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> okay, so Dave, so Dave Verbum gives us some, some really cool advice. Uh, about about the scriptures to to allow us to okay the knowledge of it. So one of the like what are we reading for? So mm-hmm. Dave Verbum number seven says the sacred tradition therefore and the sacred scr- scripture of both the old and the new testaments are like a mirror. That's a cool image. 
Mm-hmm. Like a mirror in which the pilgrim church on earth looks at God from whom she has received everything until she is brought finally to see him as he is face to face. Huh. The Old and New Testaments are like mirrors. Huh. And the, in, yeah, to which the pilgrim church on earth looks at God. Have you ever thought of the scriptures like if something looking at God? No, and it's weird. It's that's a really interesting like uh, reading because like everyone always thinks of like oh the Old Testament God versus the New Testament God mm. like they're different, but uh, in Catholic tradition are obviously the same, and they're a mirror to each other. And that's really that's really interesting to think about. And I think it just plays to the point like my my experience and uh, and this this. Uh, the verbum is is getting at is like it's a uh, there's there's a way to read there's there's a message from taken from the Bible and if you read it there's there's a truth to it there's essential truth and if you just read it and like just make it whatever you want to be you're missing the truth. Ooh, yeah. you miss the truth by just making it whatever you want, huh? Well, the, there's uh, what was I? Why was I reading in the catechism? I, I, so there was like you know, is the catechism, but also I was talking to a student, and we were having this uh, dialogue about uh, about the like how to read the scriptures, and we kind of like ran into um, sort of a sort of a impasse because. They didn't understand, like, you know, the catechism has all those references to, like, uh, like the four senses of scriptures. It, the catechism has a reference to, to even, like, Dei Verbum, where uh, it says, and so the study of the sacred scripture is, as it were, the soul of sacred theology. 24, that's Dei Verbum number 24, that we're supposed to read and study the scriptures, and, 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 but not just, like, read them, like, by ourselves, we're going to read them in the light of the church because the, the church has like all this incredible wisdom because, you know, it was put together by the Catholic bishops in the early church. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever heard of the four senses of Scripture? I mean, most college students haven't. Uh, I have uh, through, through focus and, uh, um, and through different people teaching me. But before college and uh, before I really started coming around, um, uh, St. John's in college, I, I, I really didn't know. I was just like reading it. I was part of Navigators Campus Ministry. Oh, right. Uh, non-denominational. Uh, that's at OSU. And, you know, they really emphasize, obviously, quiet times and holy hours and reading the Bible a lot. But uh, it was just, there's a looseness to it. Oh. Like uh, there wasn't a... A set way. It was like when I was in Bible studies, like, oh, what what sticks out to you? Like, what does this mean to you? As opposed huh. to, um, what does this? What is the truth of this? What is the message of this passage? The one message. The one message. And yeah. Okay. What? Uh, so four senses of scriptures. Do you know them off the uh, top of your head? <gasps> this quiz. Uh, uh, you, there, there's fancy words for all of them. <laughs> there's fancy words. What? Okay. If someone had said. To 14-year-old Clay Furley at what Air Force Base were y'all in? Rhoda? 14-year-old. No, I was at Marone, but I went to school at, at, at Rhoda. Where's Marone? It's 
nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere in Spain? It's, it's or is it top secret? It's, is it no, cool? it's not top secret. <laughs> if you drive past it, you see all the lights from the airfield and everything. Oh, okay. And uh, it's just like flat uh, desert, basically. What part Spain. of Spain? It's near Sevilla, so south central okay. Spain. Got it. Um, it's like, you know, like California, Southern California, beach. Uh-huh. It's just like where I went to high school, Rhoda, and then you travel east, and uh, you get to like desert. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's not, where you live. That's basically where I live. How'd yeah. you get to school each day? Uh, a bus, two-hour bus ride to and from school, so no. four-hour commute. That sounds awful. <laughs> I just slept, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you got a gold medal in Every, Everyone asked, everyone was like, oh, so you did homework? No, nope. <laughs> just went to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what are the four sets of scriptures, and, and would they have helped you out if someone like your mother or your father or a friend said, okay, hey, you're yeah. kind of reading this wrong. Yeah, for sure. Because you just made mention, like you said, you know, the scriptures are, are not just a book, they are a library of mm-hmm. books. There's poetry and allegory and, yeah. you know, murder scenes, and then and there's... historical... Historical stuff. Writings, yeah, so historical or literal... Like reading the 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 gospel, the four gospel books, reading them uh, as accounts of people who witnessed right. them, and um, next uh, allegorical is their allegories, metaphors, mm. uh, speaking in the truths of the physical and spiritual world, uh, um, anagogical, which is kind of it. It sounds, that's like the fanciest word. It's reading in the light of Christ. So when I, I think about it, like reading like the story of uh, Abraham and when he takes his son to sacrifice, Ooh. there's so many. Go on. There's so many. Wait, tell, tell him the story of Abraham taking his son up to sacrifice and then so, like there's like wood and there's knives yes, and fires exactly. and stuff like and, that. Uh, so God, uh, so the one thing that like, Abraham desires, like, throughout his whole, like, as Abram, through Abraham, is an heir, is a son. Mm. And um, and God keeps telling him that you will have heirs. You'll have descendants that number the stars. And, uh, but he, he keeps, like, like, uh, but he keeps, like, defying him to get this, to get this son, to get this heir. <laughs> And, uh, it's like, hey, here is my slave girl. Have relations with her and have yes. a, a Hagar, isn't it? And, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so he finally gets his son, and then God tells him to sacrifice him. And at this point, this is like the climax, the pinnacle of his faith, where he's finally given everything to God. And he's like, okay, I trust in you and your words so much that I will have descendants that number the stars, that I will give up. My son, who I finally have, even though my wife is super old and I'm super old, I will give <laughs> him up to you, and and uh, and so they, you know, they climb on top of the the mountain, and and his son is carrying wood. Oh yes. Um, and uh, and uh, and so you know the story. Uh, God. He then he like bind him to it. Yes, he binds him and. Like he ties him to this hunk of wood. And, and that they're gonna. It's not like he beat him up before. Like it's the son's like willing to do it. Yeah, because, I like the difference because yeah. it tells the story of like 
uh, Isaac being mm-hmm. a young man yes. and Abraham being this old dude. Yeah. And so it's like Isaac's not saying, "Oh, Dad, I can't believe you're dragging <laughs> me up here." Yeah. Like by like that you know Abraham's like thirty and Isaac's like ten. Mm-hmm. No, it's. Isaac is a strong young man who's able to carry this wooden load up this yeah. mountain. And obviously, the, the it's foreshadowing Christ and carrying the cross, and there's other things. Just like it's just littered with just little details. Like it just takes like three days to get up there, and just like other things like that. Whoa. And, and uh, I've never noticed that it takes three days. Something like that, and there's just like little things like okay. that, and like and like other went things. To the Mount like, of Moriah. Yeah, and like. And when God stops Abraham from from uh, from sacrificing him, you know, it it's it's just a direct force. I'm getting like chills talking about it. It's like I will provide. God will provide the lamb. Oh, that's right. And and, then and he, he finds a ram in the thickets. Yeah, with his horns in the thickets, symbolizing obviously the crown of thorns. And it's just that's that's the. Anagogical, and you know, you can read, yeah, like other things throughout the Old Testament, like that. Yeah. It's beautiful because, like the the church fathers do that too. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll talk about the tree in the garden where Adam uh, uh, denied God and didn't listen to him, mm-hmm. and then the son in a garden yeah. is listening to the father uh, that uh, Adam in the garden. Um, brought sin into the world next to a tree and in a new garden the new Adam Jesus by the tree in the garden will destroy sin and death forever oh wow the fall of man came by a tree and the salvation of man came on top of the tree as well or like the woman and the angel Mm -hmm. like the, the, the serpent uh, Nashan, like an angel in the garden mm-hmm. talking to a woman, and the angel and a woman talking as the proto-evangelium. I mean, it's just like the yeah. scriptures are littered. Okay, what's the what's the last sense of scripture? The the last one, the fourth one, is moral or tropological. Tropological. Isn't that a movie? Tropic <laughs> Tropic Thunder. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, Tropic Thunder is a movie, but not tropical. <laughs> okay, sorry. Tropological. Yeah. Topological. No, that's a map. Tropological means uh, tropological. what is it like? I th- wait, wait. Let me go back to my Greek vocabulary. To turn around every now and then I get. Is that what it means? Yes. To turn around. Trop. Tropo to turn. Whoa, to turn from your like an evil way. So the moral mm-hmm. the moral sense is to get you to turn away. Yeah. Okay, so we got those those four senses and so people can like learn those. Mm-hmm. A- and to as they as they read the scriptures, they need to in a way keep those four things kind of at the back of their noggin and say, yeah. "Okay, well this is uh this is important to know because you may read something and it's pointing towards Jesus." But then there's a line in the scriptures like, your eyes are like doves. <laughs> if, it, if, if it's literal, your eyes are like doves, then, Clay, you ha- currently have a problem. <laughs> but there's these things in the scriptures that are going to use uh, language, poetry, uh, to explain something that is either mystical to us that we don't understand. Like, my lover is like a gazelle springing through the mountains. You know, just those imagery. Yeah. Uh, Last time I checked, you were not a gazelle. 
And Kayla, <laughs> not your lover. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla's like, wow, this is, he's a gazelle. He's just le- Yeah. So anyway, there you, there you go. You have all these things from the scriptures like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how, tell the good people of God how to start reading the scriptures. Um, well, there's a number of ways. The catechism breaks down these four ways. Uh, um, pretty simply the catechism is is great because it always like takes like those sentiments and thoughts and yeah put them puts them in like better words than you can possibly say (laughs) and uh so catechism 115 through 119 breaks like uh breaks down um these four ways of reading scripture oh the four senses of scripture four senses which goes back to like what i think it was like i mean it's old Mm -hmm. it's real real old references uh aquinas and and uh, other saints as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where where does somebody start? Like di- like you made mention. Like, yeah. do you start in Leviticus and be like, <laughs> well, you know what? I'll just get through the toughest book. And well, then, there's there's uh, or Saint Paul's letter, the Romans, or you know, do you start of uh, you know the King Book of Kings or the Gospels or what? Yeah, the good a good place to start. Uh, uh, what's known as you know, a couple things: the crux, uh, charisma. Um, you can start in Genesis. You can look it up. Um, it's just like the gospel message. It's the core of Christianity. And if you just Google that, and you'll find resources <coughs> um, with that, they'll just break down what like the 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 heart of Christianity is oh. about. The heart of of the Bible. And, okay. And so, and, and you don't have to find the heart reading it cover to cover. It's it's not a you know it's not exactly like that. Yeah, you know uh, one of as one of the saints I he said uh, whenever you go to read the scriptures, take a pen and a piece of paper with you. Mm-hmm. I, one of my I started reading the Gospel of Mark now many years ago, and this as I was reading it, there was all these words like the word immediately, mm-hmm. like immediately, 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 and I just kept on like underlining the word immediately in my scriptures and like writing little notes and like seeing the urgency of Jesus of moving quickly. So I love the gospel of Mark. I love starting yeah. with the gospel of Mark and just, yeah. we're reading it for Exodus 90 this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like, I like Mark, especially Mark's a great place to start, especially when we're reading about Jesus and, um, cause it's the smallest one of, of the four gospels. Fast paced. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it gives, it, it it's a good reflection of of Matthew and Luke as well, um, and so I think that's why I think we chose it for for Exodus is like breaking it down not at a pace too fast or too slow where you're dissecting it or taking forever, but you just get a clear picture, and like you can just like you read it and you understand Jesus's life that mm. he spent on, um, on Earth. So yeah, sometimes I think we start with sort of like St. Paul first, mm-hmm. and we start with the rules before we have the relationship. Yeah. And so to go, I mean, that's what, that's what one of the things that Dave Erebum says, it's like, um, was it like number 25? It says, take the scriptures, and when you read them, don't just read them, read them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're reading them for intellectual formation. You're studying the scriptures. But it says what? Pray. Yeah. you got to Alexio pray. Lexio Divina, you know. Yeah, Leo, yeah. Lexio Divina. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pray with the scriptures, yeah. because re- remember what Dave Abraham says is that when you're reading the scriptures, you're it's this mirror, the old New Testament are these two mirrors, and you're looking at God, and that's what prayer is. Prayer is like yeah. looking at God and and talking to Him. Yeah, talking to Him, and 
best way to talk to him is to hear him. And you have the word of God right in front of you. He's talking to you. (laughs) So a gospel, start at the gospels, Mm -hmm. and then kind of like even look at the footnotes there because sometimes I'll quote back to Isaiah the prophet. You can go back and look. Uh, you can you can then read from that something of Saint Paul's letters or the or, or uh, like Peter or James and maybe even dive into the Book of Revelation, but don't start at the end <laughs> like you did yeah. and and go backwards. And st- once you start reading, like have some resources there to help you understand mm-hmm. it. Because another thing Dave Abram says is like. Read it in the light of the church and of the history of the church. So we're not reading something into it like we began with, like, rapture. Did Father O'Brien get rapture? That that doesn't exist anywhere. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Any final words for the good people of God? Yeah. If you are a college student and want to get involved in a Bible study or want to learn how to read the Bible more, just come by St. John. Talk to me, Father Carey. Focus missionaries. Focus missionaries for sure. You know, um... And yeah. if you're in a parish, pester your priest to start a small Bible yeah. study or your former missionary or involved in college and Bible studies with mm-hmm. small groups, start one up. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, that's it. That's it. That's all the time we got. My podcast Another debut. episode of the greatest podcast in history of podcasts, <laughs> Pastors of Pain, minus Father O'Brien, is in the books. God bless you. Have a beautiful day.